Exodus 31, one chapter, we're going to jam through it. A couple highlights and then we'll move on. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, see, I, I want you to circle the word, the letter I in the next five verses. It's going to happen a lot. See that I have called my, by name, Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of work, workmanship. And so God calls this person by name. And everybody that God calls, he calls by name. He called you by name. But the, the cool part is in this, this, with this guy, God said he was going to fill him with the spirit and give him gifts of the spirit in all manners of workmanship. So he was, he was gifted, filled with the Holy Spirit in order to work with wood, in order to work with gold and with um, metals and, and in order of, of crafts and of workmanship. Now, the first thing is um, there seems to be a differing um, kind of relationship and function of the Holy Spirit from the Old Testament and the New Testament or, or more to the point before Jesus died on the cross and sent the Holy Spirit to after Jesus died on the cross. And one of the things that we don't really see or study in the Old Testament is, is where God fills all the people with the Holy Spirit that ask. All the people with the Holy Spirit all the time. On this side of the cross, um, Paul tells us over and over and over again, but specifically, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you'll, you'll hear in all of us, right? I'm, you guys probably do it too. When we pray, we say, God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. So are we filled with God's Holy Spirit? Yes. And, and, and then why would we keep praying for God each day to fill us with His Holy Spirit? Because that's what the Bible tells us to do. Be being filled. Continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Does that mean that the Holy Spirit fills you and then when you don't ask, He leaves and you've got to pray again for Him to come back? No, He never leaves you. He never... He never but it's the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit filling us to go through. So um, when Jesus met with the disciples on the shore. Do you remember He came and he, he met on the shore and it says that He breathed on them and He said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. And so at that point, the Holy Spirit entered them. And at that point, they had their born-again experience, where they became born-again, filled with the Holy Spirit. Today, when we, when we ask Jesus in our heart, we're a sinner, we say, Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord and Savior, fill me with your Holy Spirit. When you receive salvation, and the old you dies, and you become a new creation in Christ, at that moment, God fills you with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and that's why we, the Bible says that your body is a temple of what? Is, is this sink on? It sounds like my wife when we're at home. Drip, 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 drip. Just kidding. My wife's an angel. She sounds heavenly when we're at home. Um, so, again, your body is a temple of what? The Holy Spirit. So you're filled with the Holy Spirit from the time of salvation. Then why is it that um, Jesus told the disciples after in John 21, he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Why then did he send them to Jerusalem? What did Jesus send the disciples to Jerusalem to do? To do what? He said, tarry ye here, wait here until I send the Holy Spirit. 
And then in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, we have this wonderful holiday, this wonderful day called Pentecost. And what happens on Pentecost? God sends the Holy Spirit, and it says that the Holy Spirit fell, and the Holy Spirit was given at Pentecost. But didn't the disciples already receive the Holy Spirit in John 21? If Jesus looks at you and says, receive ye the Holy Spirit, guess what's going to happen? You're going to receive the Holy Spirit if Jesus looks at you and says to receive the Holy Spirit. And then yet we find days later, less than 50 days later, they're in Jerusalem and God says that he filled them and poured out his Holy Spirit upon them. And so God's Holy Spirit, they received at that point the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Peter began to preach, 5,000 got saved. And so on this side of the cross, we have this... Um, each one of us is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside your body daily. In the Old Testament, you didn't see that that function. What you saw was um, different tidbits like this. And you'll read where like Samuel was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. Um, um, Samson, who had a, the Nazarite vow. But on the on the whole, it doesn't. We don't really see that relationship. But here, what's so cool is that God fills these guys with the Holy Spirit. For gifts of workmanship. We think that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are like evangelism and preaching and speaking in tongues and prophesying. and Which are all gifts of the Holy Spirit. But, but so many of us have gifts that God has given you from birth. God, that God has given you or continues to give you or works in. You know, these guys that's in the sound booth. They, they, they've been given a gift by, of God. Those, those are spiritual gifts to turn knobs and to hear the sound and to work on those things. The people that play guitars, the people that um, cook, the people that serve in hospitality. Those are gifts that God's Holy Spirit has given you, that God has given you by His Holy Spirit. That, that you know, and, and it's cool. Like, um, I think I often think of Don. Whenever I read this verse, I think of Don who, who built so much of our church and the crosses and was such a gifted, handy person. And Don wasn't a preacher and he wasn't... A worship leader, but he he was filled with the Holy Spirit for gifts of workmanship and craftsmanship, and he had it, he had the ability to do things that that others don't by the Holy Spirit. And so here, this guy and his and his this other his hand were filled with the Holy Spirit for for special manners of workmanship. Now, in chapter thirty one, is the has the tabernacle been built yet? Nope, right? Okay, we're, we're following this progression. But because we've been following the tabernacle, actually all we've been following is what? The plans for the tabernacle. We've been following the Moses. Moses is still up on the mountain all this time. Moses doesn't come down the mountain until chapter 32. So all these things that we've been getting, we've been, we've been up on the mountain with Moses. We haven't been down with the people. But the tabernacle is not built yet. We just, we've just been reading and studying the plans for what will happen when it was built. And it says... Um, <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> in verse 4, to design artistic works to work in gold, silver, bronze, and cutting of jewels, and setting, carving wood, and to work with all manner of workmanship. Now, now this is not fair. Don't you feel like some people get all the gifts? Like, God, you were like passing out gifts, and you gave them all to that guy, and I didn't get any. Like, you missed me. This guy just didn't get wood or metal. He got them all wood, metal, silver, jewels, craftsmanship. I always think of Jeremy Bear. Jeremy Bear, our missionary in Hungary. That kid got all the gifts. I have such gift envy every time I get around that kid. He's, he's handsome, beautiful, beautiful, handsome kid. He's funny. He can preach his socks off. He can sing. He can play the guitar. He's so talented, that kid. I'm like, Lord, I didn't get any of those gifts. 
Except for I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not pretty. Verse 7 says, or where are we at? Verse 6. So I, 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 listen, we're, we're underlining the eyes. The Lord is doing this. And I, indeed, I have appointed him with Aholiab, the son of Ahisha, Mac, the tribe of Dan. And I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they make all, they may make all that I have commanded you. In Psalm 37, in verse 4, it says, um, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I want you to memorize that. Put that one on your heart. Put that one in your title, Psalm 37, 4. And God says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, um, God calls you. You know, some people feel like, you know, I don't want to give my life to God because God would want me to go and be a missionary in Africa or do something terrible that I just hate. And I know that's what God would do. He would send me to Africa, and I just don't have it in me to go be a missionary in Africa, so I can't serve God. It's so crazy. It's such a crazy idea, but it's a real idea. I think I've had ideas like that in the past. But God doesn't do that. If, if He wants you to go to Africa, guess what He's going to do? He's going to supernaturally give you a desire to go to Africa. And you're going to just, like, I just want to go to Africa and serve God. I don't know what it is. I just really want to go. God's like, yeah, I put that in you. And, and, if, and, and whatever those are. And sometimes maybe one of you just really have a desire to go and minister on the beaches in Hawaii. Anybody? Yeah, right? Um, but listen, if that's in your heart, you don't have to feel guilty about that. You don't have to trip. If that's what you want to do, and that, you, you go knowing this, that God put that desire in you. Whatever desire you naturally have in your heart, God put that in there. God gives you the desires. He says, delight yourself in those things because I've given them to you. I've given you those desires. I've given you that heart. And, and don't worry, if you don't have a heart for Africa and, and huts and missionary work there, God's not going to send you there. He's going to send you naturally to where he's already gifted you. He's already called you. He's already prepared you. And just step out in faith and God, and God will do it because he'll give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Okay, almost done, promise. I, 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 I. The table and its utensils, the pure gold, the lampstand with all its utensils, the article of incense, the altar of burnt. These are all things they were going to make. Verse number 12 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore... For it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. And whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from work from his people. Work shall be done for six days, but in the seventh day, the Sabbath day of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested, and he was refreshed. So, um, so, so much in here, you guys, and I'm going I'm to keep it simple. 
So we've already been given Sabbath law. This is, this is not where God institutes Sabbath law. That happened already. We've already studied it. So as he gives these gifted artisans these work, he reminds them, these guys that are so gifted and talented by the Holy Spirit to do these works, that as they begin this work on the temple, he still wants them to observe the Sabbath. Now, today, people have a hard time with the Sabbath. And should we as Christians today observe the Sabbath? Now, the first thing I want to point your attention to, look at verse 17. We, we have churches here, and, and if you have a friend that's a Seventh-day Adventist, and, and you tell them where you go to church and what day you go to church, they're going to give you a hard time because you're doing it wrong, because you're supposed to observe the Sabbath and attend church on the Sabbath. And, um, and, then, and at least with the Seventh-day Adventists, is they know which day the Sabbath is. At least they got the day right. The other churches who want to give you a trip about observing the Sabbath want you to observe the Sabbath on Sunday. And Sunday is not the Sabbath. Sunday is the first day of the week. Jesus rose on the, on, the, on the first day of the week, which was Sunday. And then as a result, the early church began worshiping on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. And that's the pattern that we follow. But, but just very briefly, a couple things. Right down in your margin there next to verse 17, Colossians 2.16. And then look what it says in verse 17. It is a sign between me and the... Are you guys looking at it real quick? And Who? The children of, are you are you the children of Israel? Is the church the children of Israel? This is a sign and a covenant that God made between him and the children of Israel. You know, there was two covenants that God made with Israel. The first one is here, the Sabbath. What was the second one? Lydia? She doesn't even know. Sweet. Two signs that God made covenants, made one with Abraham and one with Moses. What it was a covenant he made with Abraham? Circumcision. Okay, those were the two Jewish, those are Jewish things. When we get to the book of Acts, what happens? When we get to the book of Acts, the, the, um, they're trying to put the Jewish law on the Gentile believers that are coming to Christ, that they're leading to Christ. And the council says, no, they don't have to be circumcised. It's a Jewish law. Sabbath is a Jewish law. It's not, it's not, a, it's not for the church. And then real quickly, we're going to end with this. I'm going to read Colossians 2.16 and I'm going to pray and then we're going to call it a day and go eat the rest of those cookies. What cookies? Sweet. They didn't know. Okay. Colossians chapter two, verse 16. Really quickly. Listen, Paul says, so let no one judge you in food in drink in regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come. But the substance is of Christ. And Paul says, let no one judge you concerning Sabbaths. So listen, let no one judge you concerning Sabbath. It's not a matter of the law. Sabbath is on Saturday. And according to Sabbath, where was Jesus on Saturday? He was where? In the grave. And was he alive? He was dead. And the law is represented in the Sabbath and in keeping it. And grace is represented in Sunday and in the Jesus raising from the dead. And the law brings death and, 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 a, and a legalistic adherence to Sabbath laws is, is, is a part of the law and death. And, and we're not called as a church. Now, there are, again, wisdom in, in, in taking a day and calling it holy. But you know what? Paul also tells us some esteem one day higher than the other. But Paul says, I esteem every day the same and every day is holy. Every day should be treated like a holy day unto the Lord. And every day should be a day that we used to serve the Lord. And so let's pray. We're out of time. There's so much in that, you guys. So, so, so much more in that little section that I wanted to talk about. But maybe I should have just waited in 31 next week. Maybe we'll do it again next week. 
31 and 32 next week. But you don't want to miss 32 next week. Golden calf. Lydia's going to demonstrate. We're going to do a we're going to do a life illustration, and she's going to she's going to demonstrate for you guys. Father God, we come before you. We thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for fellowship and and fun. We thank you that we just had a good night tonight, and that we would enjoy each other's fellowship until we go home tonight, and everybody would go home and have a safe night. And Lord, if this storm that's coming is what they say it's going to be, it's going to be a big one, and we're going to get lots of snow over the next week week and so lord i just pray you keep us safe and keep our neighborhood safe and um, our children safe and uh, lord that you would bless and we thank you for israel we thank you for the victory that that you wrought in paris and that you brought to nothing and you thwarted their plans and father we thank you and we praise you in jesus name amen